Hello and welcome to Global Data Pod. My name is Ben Ramsey. I lead JP Morgan's Latin America Economics Group, and I'm here with my colleague Nikolai Alexandru. He leads JP Morgan's EMEA EM Economics Group. And today we're here because we're proud to launch a new weekly economics publication, which is called the EM Edge Data Watch. Uh, in this publication, we're aiming to provide regular in-depth coverage of over 30 economies, which are currently not followed in what is our flagship uh, economics weekly, uh, the Global Data Watch. And we're looking to basically you know, set this up where we're gonna fold in a set of regional products for this group of countries, uh, which you know, for Nikolai and myself, we do have some experience covering countries in the past in our regions, which are a bit off the beaten path. But to say uh, the edge uh, is, is definitely, in, as we describe it for this group of countries, it's, it's definitely far from something which is a unified group. In reality, it represents countries with you know, widely different per capita GDP levels, market structures, and available economic indicators. Uh, and what we're trying to do here with this weekly is we, we do see considerable value in trying to standardize and make, again, regular this weekly coverage where we can find narratives on this group of countries uh, really under one roof. Our aim here is we'd like to provide what we think can be a market-leading vehicle to track economic releases, policy narratives, and also we, we hope to present insightful economic analysis both within and across this set of countries. In this inaugural edition, we're gonna look at something which is obviously a topic impacting not just this set of countries, EM generally and, and across the globe, really the issue of, of inflation, food inflation, and another twist on this issue, which we think is important, particularly for this group of edge countries, which is food security. Nikolai, uh, as we've looked to address this here in our in our launch of the edge, uh, how would you describe the, the the set of countries and the issues that we're we're bringing to the table here? Thank you, Ben. Thank you for the introduction and um, uh, hello, everyone. I mean, it's definitely not easy to describe a group of countries which is so diverse. What I would say is that um, for this uh, set of countries, generally speaking, a feature that they have is that uh, the weight of food in their CPI baskets is quite high. They also have populations which are particularly vulnerable to a food supply shock. Uh, so clearly, uh, there is a, a risk of a negative social and political feedback uh, loop, uh, which uh, one cannot ignore. Uh, it's not just about um, the rise in uh, food prices, uh, but it's also about um, food supply. So in this first edition, we, we try to look uh, at both these uh, aspects. Uh, on the food prices, looking at the FAO index, uh, which is based on US dollar and kind of uh, tries to capture uh, an aggregate uh, uh, for uh, food prices at the global level, uh, we've seen significant increases in, in March. Practically, uh, the overall index is at a record high level, and also uh, some of its components like cereals, meat, uh, vegetable oil. Uh, are also at record high levels. These movements have been driven to a significant extent by the Russian invasion uh, of Ukraine, simply by looking at uh, Ukraine, which is the third largest net exporter in the case of uh, wheat, and it's also uh, the largest uh, uh, exporter uh, in the case of uh, sunflower uh, seed uh, oil. So prices, clearly play a role. And when we look at the food price increases in specific countries relative to what happened at the global level, but adjusted with uh, local currencies in 
uh, different countries, uh, we can see that there is a wide gap actually uh, between global uh, food inflation and local uh, food inflation. Uh, this gap is specifically wide in uh, three countries, um, Ghana, Kazakhstan, and Sri Lanka, with Sri Lanka actually leading. So clearly, uh, in these places, food price pressures are stronger, uh, stronger than elsewhere. Uh, but in the case of uh, Kazakhstan, I would say the risks are uh, uh, somewhat uh, lower because uh, Kazakhstan is uh, a large uh, producer of uh, grains. So this alleviates somehow uh, the risks uh, the risk for uh, Kazakhstan. In the case of output uh, of, of wheat and who actually imports a lot of uh, wheat, uh, this wheat we used as a proxy for um, a supply of food because it's uh, not easy to uh, get uh, access to other type of data. Uh, what we can see is that um, uh, the exposure is mainly uh, for some countries in Central Asia and uh, North Africa. In the case of uh, Central Asia, we're talking about uh, Azerbaijan, Uzbekistan, uh, Georgia. Uh, in the case of uh, uh, North Africa, we're talking about uh, Egypt and, and Tunisia. Uh, elsewhere, obviously, uh, there are some exposures to uh, imports of wheat, and wheat is mainly coming from Russia uh, and Ukraine. Uh, but those are not uh, that large. For example, in the case of Africa, a lot of the domestic consumption of wheat, it's very low. The same is true uh, for uh, most of um, uh, Asian countries. In, in both these regions, uh, uh, rice is uh, consumed more than, than wheat. Uh, so uh, the exposure to, to wheat, it's less of an issue for this set of countries. But nonetheless, as I said, uh, the price... Uh, issue remains uh, problematic for um, uh, all the edge countries. I would stop here and uh, go back to you, Ben, uh, with uh, a bit of a different uh, topic. Uh, we uh, agreed to uh, feature regularly a discussion on um, idiosyncratic stories. And um, uh, we have uh, this week two hotspots uh, that have dominated the discussion so far this year. Those are uh, Sri Lanka and Pakistan. Can you share your take, Ben, on uh, both these countries and the stories uh, that we have for them? Yeah, thanks. Thanks very much, Nico. So, yeah, for sure, we want to use this new publication to, to highlight what we think is always going to be present in this set of countries that we have. Lots of idiosyncratic stories. You know, when hotspots are kind of boiling over, we want to make sure we can tell those stories right up front in this in this publication. And certainly, as you said, Sri Lanka and Pakistan have seen an exacerbation of what you know had appeared to be kind of a classic yen balance of payments crisis and and the shock coming from ukraine and the russian ukraine uh, invasion of ukraine is has certainly put stress on countries like these that are commodities importers uh, and given that they were already in a, a, a state of stress this has been sort of a tipping point and in addition we've seen as we've discussed you know in, in some of the risks we've mentioned as you've talked about inflation and food security I mean, we do have in these countries political upheaval, political uncertainty being a key variable, which is, is clouding the outlooks. I would say that in both countries, given these are balance of payments crisis, the IMF is going to be critical to closing external financing gaps. And then to some degree, last week's uh, IMF spring meetings 
I think did serve to advance the discussions in what seems to be a, a positive direction for both stories. Certainly, if we look at Sri Lanka, the authorities, we think, have a need and a, a desire for a program. And they have been taking actions and making signals about their willingness to take actions that we think will will move the ball forward in terms of discussions with the IMF. I mean, they've allowed an important depreciation, depreciation of the currency. They've hiked policy rates by 800 basis points, raised fuel prices. They've been signaling tax hikes. And then, of course, for the first time in their history, they've suspended servicing of public external debt, and they're signaling the need for a, a restructuring. Of course, as with many other edge countries, significant Chinese lending in the Sri Lankan case uh, is adding, let's say, a complicating a complicating wrinkle. And this is a broader theme that I'm sure we'll be discussing in, in future edge uh, edge reports. And I think, you know, even as we're moving forward and there's been key, let's say, down payments towards the program, political uncertainty is going to be something uh, we think will be, uh, as, as tends to be the case, will be a complicating factor as the authorities move forward with the IMF. I'd say to contrast a little bit on the political side, in Pakistan, we're starting to see, I feel like the dust is settling a little bit here. And this was a key uncertainty several weeks ago, but following the formation of a new government and the prospects of extending the IMF program, uh, we do think that the external financing risks on the Pakistani side have been somewhat alleviated for now. But Pakistan, like Sri Lanka, like a number of these countries still faces a really challenging external backdrop, you know, elevated oil prices and tighter global financial conditions with the Fed on the move. And, and, and likewise, domestic politics, although we feel like they're a bit more settled, uh, remain a background risk here and, and uh, could complicate the new government's commitment to, to fiscal targets that will be in, uh, associated with an IMF program, you know, particularly because we do have general elections due by the third quarter of 2023. And the possibility is that this, this day could be uh, advanced. So bottom line, we do think that the IMF spring meetings were an important milestone as the IMF will be critical to, to help with external financing in both these cases. Politics does remain a lingering concern in both cases. Uh, and these are the types of stories uh, and these two particular stories that we're going to continue to highlight and hope to you know, bring to you updates on a weekly basis uh, in the context of this publication. Nico, let's circle back a little bit to inflation. And of course, central banks who are principally responsible for dealing with this challenge, uh, though, of course, fiscal policy, as we've discussed, can be playing a critical role one way or the other. We highlight in this week's inaugural edition of The Edge, uh, the central banks which have had policy decisions recently, a handful where decisions are coming up soon. Uh, could you briefly give us a, a lay of the land here? Yeah, sure. Uh, I'll try because uh, we had uh, uh, quite a few of rate meetings and also inflation prints, so uh, quite a bit of action at this level. Uh, what we see across uh, the set of uh, EM edge countries that we cover, similar to uh, the rest of the world, that central bank continue to increase their uh, policy rates. Uh, this week, uh, we had uh, Kazakh Central Bank delivering a 50 basis points hike to 14%. Uh, we also had um, Costa Rica playing uh, a bit of a catch-up uh, by delivering uh, a greater than expected 150 basis points, but only to 5%, much lower level uh, relative to uh, Kazakh Central Bank. In Costa Rica, inflation is obviously uh, well below that uh, in um, Kazakhstan. However, uh, the inflationary forces are clearly present in um, the case of both countries, and likely both central banks will continue uh, with uh, policy tightening in the period ahead. It's 
an important uh, angle to, to highlight, as you already mentioned, uh, some of uh, these countries are also implementing fiscal uh, stimulus, uh, even though we uh, are seeing uh, strong inflationary pressures. Two cases in that direction are uh, Kazakhstan and Uruguay, uh, different set of policies, but uh, the impact is the same, uh, more inflation to be delivered in both uh, countries. Uh, so in Uruguay, given the uh, inflationary environment and also government reaction, the BCU doesn't have a policy meeting uh, until uh, mid-May, but we have added uh, 25 basis points uh, to the terminal uh, monetary policy rate, which we now see at 10%. We also uh, revised up uh, the policy rate uh, for uh, Paraguay, uh, where, which we uh, now expect uh, uh, to peak at uh, 7.5%. Uh, and, and finally, the Dominican Republic, uh, where uh, inflation is uh, double the midpoint target range, uh, as we uh, await, uh, uh, you know, for uh, uh, the April meetings and uh, uh, we are uh, publishing uh, the podcast and also the, the, the report, uh, we, we see uh, risk uh, to the upside to our 25 basis points uh, hike, uh, which, if realized, would lift the policy rate uh, at uh, 5.75. Uh, a bit of a different dynamics uh, in the uh, Africa region, uh, where uh, inflation uh, has uh, uh, been strong in um, Kenya, but uh, uh, rather uh, soft in, in uh, Zambia. The dynamics uh, are different. However, the implications for the central banks are similar, uh, as we expect inflation to uh, slowly pick up in, in speed. So we expect the uh, Kenyan central bank to, to tighten, but also the Zambian central bank. The only difference is that in the case of Zambia, the central bank will probably be able to wait until uh, the second half of uh, this year uh, to move in that direction. As we're getting um, close um, to finalize uh, uh, the podcast, I'm just going to make a few mentions about EMH Data Watch publication. Uh, it includes regional uh, economic sections, which are uh, a core feature of uh, this report. There are commentaries in uh, those uh, regional economic sections from the economists contributing to this report. The entire report, it's a uh, uh, teamwork that uh, we do uh, with um, a team of economists across uh, Asia, EMEIM, and uh, Latin America. So great thanks to uh, all our uh, team members who are contributing and working on this report. And we invite clients to reach out to them directly and discuss in more detail the specifics of uh, various countries. Now, uh, on behalf of Ben and all the economists uh, globally, we thank you for your support. We hope that you're going to enjoy this uh, new product. And obviously, we are uh, looking for your feedback. Please uh, don't be shy and share it uh, with us. Thank you very much again. This communication is provided for information purposes only. Please refer to JP Morgan Research reports related to its content for more information, including important disclosures. 2022, JP Morgan Chase and Company, all the rights reserves. This episode was recorded on April 29, 2022.